Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Social Justice Warrior Sandwich. My name is Peter, and I am your host. As I sit here and record this, we are now just a couple of days away from Thanksgiving. So naturally, uh, this made booking a guest for me to speak with difficult, understandably so. However, I felt it necessary to release a follow-up to my initial reaction to the events of November 8th, which I am still referring to as the incident. So in this episode, I will speak about the thoughts and the feelings that I've had in the days since. Um, In the future, I really hope to continue to record interviews and conversations with others and try to sprinkle some humor in now and again. We could all use a good laugh. But in this one, it's just going to be me talking. And at times it may sound like I'm ranting. Um, I did not initially want this podcast to come from a place of anger. So if it does sound like I'm ranting, maybe that's just something that I need to do right now. Now you might ask yourself, okay, why does this guy insist on calling it the incident? And why is it that I still can't bear to call the man who wound up collecting the most electoral votes by his name or even by his title, his soon-to-be title? Well, basically, uh, that's a coping mechanism. The reality of the results of the incident gives me legitimate anxiety. I have honestly been averse to the sight of this man's face and the sound of his voice for like well over a year. I know it sounds nuts, but I, I genuinely struggle with whether or not that's even all in my head, with whether or not I created it in my, in my own mind out of spite. I don't know. All I know is the last time I was able to sustain listening to that guy speak for more than 10 seconds was likely sometime in the summer of 2015. Uh, that's part of the reason why I refused to tune into the debates. That and my firm belief that the debates were over the instant the nominees had been announced. Unfortunately, not enough people in the right places agreed with me. Also, if you listened to my first two episodes, then you know uh, what my friend Lucky Dave and I had to say about taking up comedian John Oliver's call to make Donald Trump again. We do this because it gives us a sense of control by giving him a label that he doesn't want. And it also helps relieve the stress that comes with having to deal with talking about him. Maybe we shouldn't keep this up forever. Maybe the the initial shock will wear off eventually and I will move on to acceptance. But yeah, for now, it's a coping mechanism. And right now, I need it. And uh, as the reports pour in from all over America about rises in hate crimes, about sexual harassment in his name, about white school children saying vile racist things to their classmates of color in his name about suicide hotlines blowing up and therapists being called in to places of business, I know I'm not alone in needing a healthy coping mechanism right now. Now listen, I'm not going to deny that some of the reports of hate crimes being passed around are turning out to be bullshit. And look, if you're a liberal and you're making up stories about hate crimes to pass around on the internet, then know that you are delegitimizing the experiences of the actual victims, number one. And number two, you're undermining our message here. And if you're a conservative and you're making this shit up to fuel the fire, well, then kindly engage in intercourse with your own being. Thank you. Don't be fooled, though, folks. Most, most of the hate crimes being reported are, in fact, real. The Southern Poverty Law Center, splcenter.org, is tracking hate crimes. It's what they do. And they reported a giant spike in anti-immigrant, anti-black, 
anti-LGBT, anti-Muslim, anti-woman, and swastika graffiti-related crimes in the days after November 8th. I know it's been two whole weeks, but if you're out there and you're still feeling anxious or depressed or angry, I want you to know you are not alone, and also that your feelings and concerns are legitimate. Do not let people tell you otherwise. If you're still hurting over this, or you're still in denial, please hear me that you're allowed to be, that it is healthy and natural and human, and anybody who tells you otherwise is to be ignored. I really mean that. That being said, don't let it consume you. Go out and do things, take walks, make art, talk to people, meditate, do what you need to do. Now I'd like to address anybody listening who's laughing at me, or who thinks I'm overreacting, or who has hopped on board the maybe-it-won't-be-so-bad train. There's something you need to know, there's something you need to hear and understand. This man ran on a platform of bigotry and hatred, and he won on that platform. And there are a lot of people, a lot of people out there, who aren't going to simply get over it. I came across an article in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend by author Peggy Noonan titled, What to Tell Your Children About Drumpf. And I thought it was going to be assuaging, but she's got it all wrong. Here's what she says, quote, Any journalists who are judicious toward Drumpf, who treat him fairly or even as a human being, are now accused of normalizing him. This is a manipulation. It is a way of warning your colleagues to approach the president-elect with the proper hostility or be scorned. None of this will do our country any good. End quote. Guess what? First off, it's not about treating him with hostility. It's not about treating him fairly. It's not about treating him judiciously. It is simply about owning up to what he truly is. Not normal. I maintain my observation that allowing this man to rise to power and enter the White House will not do our country any good. Not at the moment. Maybe not ever. I maintain my observation that he is not normal. That his behavior is not the behavior of an emotionally mature, well-adjusted adult. I'm not an expert, but trust me, there's plenty of expert psychological analysis of Mr. Drumpf on the internet to go around. He is not normal. This is not normal. On Saturday, November 12th, I participated in the protest march here in New York City. And when it was over, I was sitting in a sandwich shop and drinking a coffee and ruminating when I overheard what appeared to be an affluent white woman talking to a stranger and saying something to the effect of, oh, this is silly. Don't they see that this election is just like every other election? Oh, how quickly we forget. Obviously, she ain't woke. This election is not like every other election. In fact, I happen to agree with the sentiments expressed by talk show host Bill Maher on his show the week before the incident. Basically, what he was trying to say that um, us as liberals, as progressives, our reaction to the presidency of George W. Bush and our fear of uh, John McCain or a Mitt Romney administration is now akin to crying wolf and that this is different. Now the wolf is here and we are struggling to get the townsfolk to believe us. People are going to tell us that we're overreacting. We are not overreacting. We are simply reacting. People will tell us we need to give Drumpf a chance. Give him a chance. Well, in my opinion, anybody who demands that we give Donald J. Drumpf a chance has to answer the following questions. Did you give Barack Obama a chance? 
Did you disapprove of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell saying that it was Congress's top priority to make Barack Obama a one-term president? Or how about, did you speak out both publicly and privately about the barrage of outrageous, obnoxious, disgusting, unfounded, absolutely racist claims that Barack Obama was a Muslim who wasn't even born in the United States? A movement headed by you-know-who, by the way. Obama was never given the chance that he deserved. And this guy? This guy has yet to prove to me and the majority of American voters that he even deserves a chance. I know there's going to be a lot of emotions flying around at family Thanksgiving celebrations this week. Probably especially among white families and families of mixed ethnicity, mixed religion, families with LGBT members for sure. Now I don't condone family screaming matches or violence. Do what you need to do to keep things calm. Set rules and boundaries, limit alcohol, give Uncle Carl the wrong directions to your new house, do what you need to do. This morning, I retweeted a New York Times piece on what to ask people who voted differently than you. Uh, You might want to check that out for Thanksgiving. We are on Twitter at SJWSandwich. Personally, I consider myself one lucky son of a bitch because I found out that my parents, who are lifelong Republicans, they wound up not voting for the guy. The rest of you may not be so lucky, unless you're at a Friendsgiving this year, in which case I just hope that you still have all of your friends after this. And please, listen, I'm urging people that think like me to stand your ground. Let people say what they have to say, try and listen, try and understand, but make no mistake. The feelings that, that people like us have been having these last two weeks, the worry, the fear, the panic, the dread, anxiety, sadness, confusion, anger, they are real. They are normal, and they are justified. In an interview with Charlie Rose last week, comedian Jon Stewart, the longtime host of Comedy Central's The Daily Show, made a really interesting point. He brought up Trump's campaign slogan. We all know it by now. Trigger warning, I'm about to say it. It's make America great again, yeah. So John Stewart's point was that Drumpf uh, kept saying this throughout his entire campaign, but that nobody bothered to ask him, what is it that makes America great? And then Mr. Stewart answered his own question, and if I'm interpreting his answer correctly, then I will say it in my own words now. Simply put, what makes America great is our diversity. What makes America great is the fact that we are an anthropological experiment. That we are comprised of all kinds of people from all over the globe in one place, working together toward a common goal of an inclusive, functioning society and the pursuit of happiness for all, for everyone. That is what makes America great, listeners. That is what you can tell your Uncle Carl over Turkey on Thursday. Now, a lot of people have already taken the incident as a wake-up call to action. Others may need to get through the anxiety of Thanksgiving first, and that is fine too. But look, understand this. As liberal-minded people, as progressive people, we need to start admitting to ourselves that we've been bringing knives to a gunfight for too long. If you want to see real change, if you want to help America move forward toward being a more inclusive, less hateful democracy, you can't just sit idly by anymore. Bernie Sanders said recently, quote, People ask me every day, what do we do now? What you do now is get involved heavily in the political process. When millions of people stand up and fight back, we will not be denied. End quote. Boy, he couldn't be more right.
We can't change a broken system without knowing how it works and getting involved in it. We can't just sit around throwing memes at each other on Facebook. Study up on how American government and politics works on every level. Go to town meetings. Learn about your local representatives. Join volunteer organizations. Start your own volunteer organizations. Go outside of your comfort zone and communicate your convictions and the severity of this situation to the people outside your own circles. I'll even take it a step further. Learn self-defense. Take that kickboxing class. Learn verbal de-escalation techniques. Become faster, better, stronger than the other side. We've already got the numbers. Clinton won the popular vote. But above all, stay informed. Educate yourself. Know what's going on. Learn the facts. On our Twitter account, again, at SJWSandwich, you will find a list of independent, nonpartisan news sources. Be more discerning about what you share on Facebook. Forget memes. Don't just repeat recycled sound bites. Get to the source of them. Read what's really being said and who said it. Also on our Twitter page, you will find a couple of tweets down is a link to a list of helpful resources such as contact info for representatives, charities, other organizations to help us get through the next four years and beyond. Remember what we chant at the protests. A people united will never be defeated. This has been Social Justice Warrior Sandwich. I'll be back again soon sharing more conversations about the majority's reaction to the incident. Please stay tuned. Also, check out the guy who makes the music you're listening to, Zithem, X-Y-T-H-M, on SoundCloud. And lastly, I would like to dedicate this podcast to the memory of Dr. Beverly Brum. Were she still with us today, I can only imagine what she'd be thinking about all this. Thank you for the inspiration, Bev. My name is Peter. I'm a cisgendered straight white man. Thank you for listening.